Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. It's another Sunday morning, means it's time for another edition of the Jason Martin Show. I am the aforementioned J Mart. You can follow me on Twitter at J Mart Zone. Say it every week. Every time I'm behind the microphone, I am blessed beyond measure, reasonable and otherwise. I hope you recognize that you are as well. Our telephone number is 877-996-6369. That's 877-99-ON-FOX. Coming up next hour, Ryan Glassbeagle of the Big Lead will join me. We'll talk a little bit of sports media, but a lot of pro wrestling as we go inside the ring as we do every week in the second hour. Outside of that, if you want to join us, you can join us. There's plenty to discuss, as always. We'll talk some Game of Thrones in Hour 3 as well, and I will come off the top rope on a USA Today columnist to end the first hour. But I guess we've got to start with Warriors-Rockets. You kind of knew that that was going to be the case. Sometimes you wake up and you wonder, well, what's the story going to be at the end of the day? And yeah, the Kentucky Derby happened and there was controversy there. Maybe we'll touch on it. Maybe we won't. I don't know that I'm smart enough to even touch on what happened exactly. I know that Country House won and was a 65-1 to favorite, and that's something. But And baseball games were played, yes. And hockey games were played. And I might actually talk about uh, what Bernie Fratto said 
last hour on Straight Out of Vegas when he was explaining the difference between the NBA and the NHL because I actually have a take on that. Really enjoy that show and enjoy his work on the weekends in particular. But we, but again, I woke up today. I knew what was happening. It was Rockets Warriors one twenty six one twenty one. We have a series. The NBA can breathe a sigh of relief because this is the marquee matchup that's there for them in a LeBronless National Basketball Association postseason. And you get it in the semifinals. You don't even get it in the conference finals. And if it had gone to three zero, this thing was a wrap. And it looked for a time, early in this game, I watched the Warriors make back-to-back threes. Durant made his first one. Steph made his first one. Clay missed his first one, but it still felt like they were on pace. And then they just missed a lot of threes. Then both teams missed a lot of threes. This was not great basketball in terms of, if you're putting on paper what beautiful basketball looks like, that's not what this game was. But this game was relentlessly exciting because Houston was able to hold off Golden State, get them into overtime, and did just enough. Harden made a big three late. They win the thing by five. But I think some of the talk is going to be about Steph Curry missing multiple layups, including one wide-open layup right there at the end. That's going to be shacked in a fool. As soon as I saw that, I immediately thought of Shaquille O'Neal. And then I go to Twitter, and sure enough, at Shackton is all over it. So there's that, and then there's, with about 15, 20 seconds left, the Warriors just said, okay, Rockets win. They're up five. They didn't foul. This was not the Spurs last week where Greg Popovich is begging them to foul, and somebody who's a 13-year veteran in this league and LaMarcus Aldridge did not know to go ahead and foul. I don't know what happened there. This was not that. This just felt like the Warriors were like, all right, we'll go to game four. We'll, we'll preserve this. We, we're not doing this four-overtime thing that the Blazers and the Nuggets did on Friday night. We'll, we'll live to fight another day. You guys got this one. It's a five-point game, and this is the Golden State Warriors who can score 10 points before you blink your eyes three times. I was stunned that they just let the clock run out. I wasn't the only one. Mike Breen was stunned. Jeff Van Gundy was stunned. Mark Jackson was stunned. This was this was laying down. We've got a 2-0 lead. All right, they got us tonight. We'll get them in game four. boy, we'll play another day. I don't know what that was. This Warriors team is so different than the ones that we have seen in years past because there's always this talk of flipping the switch. And we've seen teams flip the switch who just have all-world talent but sometimes just can't be bothered to care. The L.A. Lakers at times, showed that. It was the Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol Lakers that were always hit with, well, they'll just flip the switch when they get to the postseason. They don't really care about the regular season. So the Warriors went 57-25 and 25 in the regular season, which is ridiculous considering their lineup. They just didn't care. They couldn't get up some nights to play against the Timberwolves. They just couldn't be bothered to bring a full effort. So now you're asking them to flip the switch, and sometimes the the switch just doesn't flip. That happened twice against the Clippers. Once, when they're up 31 and still blew that lead and managed to lose it. Here, Houston needed this one desperately. If Golden State wanted this thing to be quick, they would have shown up and finished this thing off. Them losing by five and the way in which they just let it go. And there's really only one guy right now that you look at wearing a Golden State uniform, and you just know that guy's going to kill you every night. Kevin Durant, 46 points, another virtuoso performance from him, 14 of 31 from the field, one better than James Harden, who had 41 on 14 of 32. 
Neither one of those guys missed a free throw, by the way. That's ridiculous. 12 of 12 for KD, 8 of 8 for Harden. I saw Steph miss two out of three after being fouled on a three-point play. He missed two free throws out of three. And I thought that might be the unicorn of all unicorns. He had made 46, I think, straight. If he misses one, he's not going to miss another one for a couple of weeks. And he missed two and three. He's not looking very good. He has not looked good this whole series. He hasn't looked good pretty much for this whole postseason. So the question that I find myself asking is what the hell are the Golden State Warriors without Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant might be leaving in the offseason. And now that you hear ownership basically saying they think Draymond Green should be a warrior for life, that they want Draymond there, I feel like Kevin Durant's not going to want to play with that guy for the remainder of his career. Even if you have a chance to be Bill Russell and win four in a row, I think KD is not going to want to have to stare at Draymond Green for the remainder of his basketball life. And I think that as sensitive as he is, Kevin Durant doesn't like the fact that he doesn't get full credit for all these championships. At this point, he should, because he's the guy. He's probably the best basketball player in the world. And he's certainly the best player playing right now, with all due respect. And this is not a, when I say all due respect, that means I'm disrespecting. No. Giannis is fantastic. James Harden is fantastic. Kevin Durant's the best basketball player in the world. Because of his size and his shooting ability with his wingspan, he is unblockable. You don't block his jump shot. You don't block his three. You don't when whenever he's free and he's got the ball and it's like 15 feet away from the goal and he's on the run, I expect every time he rises and fires that it's going down because it's not getting blocked. We saw Capella just reject Andre Iguodala who was going to try and yam one one-handed with a windmill and he got shut down by Clint Capella. Kevin Durant might get blocked at the rim, but he's never getting his jump shot blocked. That's why the sky hook from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is still the most unblockable shot in the history of the NBA. Because he would leap into the air, and at his height, with how long his arms were, you could not raise your arm to match how high he was off the ground. And that's why many experts have said, why did no one else try to perfect that shot that had height like he did? Because it's unblockable. Even if you're a young guy, if you're a young guy or if you're a father, and you have a son that's around seven feet tall... If you're able to find a way to replicate the sky hook and be somewhat consistent with it, you could be a Hall of Famer in the NBA because nobody's ever going to be able to stop it. Nobody on a college level is going to be able to stop it. Nobody on a pro level is going to be able to stop it. Kevin Durant basically has that with a jump shot. Now Giannis, when he steps out and makes threes, and Embiid, when he steps out and makes threes, that's impressive. Kevin Durant, legit at his height, can just shoot over the top of literally anybody in the NBA. And so he's tearing it up. And he's not getting all that much help. Clay has been off more than he's been on. Steph is not having a good postseason, as I mentioned. Of course, DeMarcus Cousins is out. I don't know how much help he would have been. Iguodala is the guy that I saw every time he got the ball in the corner. He's the dude that was able to make a key three for them in the second half in particular. He played 41 minutes, had 16 points, but he was 6 of 9 was Iguodala and 3 of 4 from 3. Meanwhile, Steph Curry played 45 minutes, had 17 points on 23 shots and was 2 of 9 from distance and 1 of 3 from the free throw line. Steph Curry's not even getting opportunities at the line while Kevin Durant's going 12 for 12. And Draymond, to his credit, 
had 19 points on 10 shots, a little bit more efficient, and was 6 of 8 from the line. So he played pretty well tonight, and he gave you his requisite 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Had a triple-double, did Draymond in the loss. James Harden missed a lot of shots early, was perfect from the line, didn't go to the line all that often, but was 5 of 13 from deep to go for 40, 14 of 32 overall in his 45 minutes. That's 41 points right there. Capella was 6 of 9. That's the efficiency you need from him. P.J. Tucker didn't shoot as much as you'd want him to, but he was 3 of 9, so he was a little bit off, but he gave you 12 boards. And he played good defense. Eric Gordon scored big time early, finishes up with 30. 11 of 20 from the floor, 50% from 3, and he took 14 of them. My math tells me that was making 7 three-pointers in the game. And this is what you expect in the playoffs, especially among good teams. The role players, the tertiary players, the secondary guys play well at home. They show up at home. It's when you get on the road that you need those guys to pop you a couple of times in order to get a tough win, and that is what separates a good from a great team in the NBA. Eric Gordon gave you 30. He's probably not giving you 30 at Oracle. That's the kind of thing that you get. Capella was efficient out there. Had a double-double with 13 and 11. He had been a liability, not just bad, but a liability to the extent some were clamoring for Gerald Green to get the start in place of Capella because he just was not effective in this series. P.J. Tucker didn't give you as much as maybe you would have thought he did. Shumpert, Iman Shumpert, hit a three in this game. Actually, he hit three of them. Finished with 10 points, three of five from three, and he made a free throw. Those are the things that win you basketball games at home. And this was a must win, make no mistake. 3-0, you're done for against the Golden State Warriors. 2-0, you might be. But at this point, everybody's just holding serve. That's what Mike D'Antoni said after game two. Hey, they won their two games at home. Now hopefully we're going to go do the same. And it looked in that second half like Golden State might be able to put that extra gear in that final two or three minutes, make a few more shots. Iguodala made that three late. But for whatever reason and however, they got it to overtime and Houston was able to get the job done. And a benefactor is the NBA because the postseason has been chalk, 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 chalk up to this point. We got that four overtime game, the 140 to 137 win for Portland over Denver on Friday night. But that's not an exciting series. That was a good game, but the Nuggets are boring to watch on a regular basis. They just are. And Jokic is playing about seven to eight more minutes per game than he averaged during the regular season and on shorter rest. I am waiting to see him run out of gas. And if Portland's able to get both of these at home, I don't think Denver's going to be making that comeback. So Jokic, that's going to be something fascinating to watch in its own right. And we've got two games coming up today, and we'll preview those for you as we move along through this show. But Houston had to win. And congratulations to them. They got it done. 14-9 to outscored the Warriors in overtime to win it by five. Still don't know why the Warriors didn't try to foul and extend the game at all. It's almost like they just waved the white flag down five with like 20 seconds left and just said, oh, you guys are too good. That's That was inexplicable to me. But on this night, the only guy that was too good wearing a Golden State uniform was Kevin Durant. Curry basically didn't show up. Klay Thompson struggled. 6-16. Those guys, Klay Thompson, the Splash Brothers, 
Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson combined for 13 for 39 from the floor tonight and 33 points. 33 points on 39 baskets from those two guys. That's about as bad as they're likely to play. Still took overtime to beat the Warriors. Them boys are still going to win the NBA championship. We knew this before the season started. We know it right now. But at least we've got a series because this one did not need to be a sweeper over in five, even though it could still technically be over in five. The NBA needs this one because they don't have LeBron and they don't really have a particularly sexy matchup in the conference finals or in the NBA finals from a mainstream perspective. Basketball hoop heads like me, we're going to be watching it. Guys like you out there listening to us here on Fox Sports Radio across the country, yes, you're going to be watching it. But the mass general public, I don't think so. They need this Rockets-Warriors series to be the kind of drama that we got in Game 3. I just don't know why Golden State rolled over and played dead down five when they have guys that can make threes from half court on a fairly routine basis. Even if they were off tonight, all it takes is one of those, and then it's a one-possession game. Not sure why that went down the way it did, but it did. We will continue to break this game down. We'll look at the other games as well. There is so much to get to on this show. We are uh, excited to bring you what we've got tonight. So we'll be right back to continue at 877-996-6369. That's 877-99-ON-FOX. Give us a call. We'll be right back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, the Jason Martin Show here on FSR on a Sunday morning. Glad to have you with us. Blessed to have you as part of my audience. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. I feel like I'm now in Atomic Blonde. Listen to this music on a comeback. That movie was disappointing. But the soundtrack was it. If you want to find a good soundtrack with some solid old tunes, check that one out. Last night, I don't know what the Warriors were doing, guys. Nobody broadcasting the game did either. They just kind of let the clock run out. It was over. And they're like, are they doing the same thing the Spurs did? No. I don't know what LaMarcus Aldridge was doing, but this was different. This was a, nobody on this team had any interest in fouling anybody. And so you have a 2-1 series, and that's a good thing for the NBA. It's a good thing for us because this is a series we actually want to watch. Warriors won game one by four. They won game two by six. Rockets won game three by five. This has not been a particularly entertaining NBA postseason. And I actually want to talk about what Bernie Fratto said on Straight Out of Vegas in the last hour. He was trying to lay out a case for why the NHL playoffs seem to be so much more unpredictable than the NBA playoffs. And I didn't have this down as something that I was going to talk about, but I have actually discussed this in the past. And I have a different answer than he does. Not that any of uh, his suggestions weren't accurate either. But I honestly believe that one of the biggest reasons why hockey in the playoffs is so unpredictable is because ice is unpredictable. Ice as a playing surface is so hard and inconsistent it's not just running. It's not just something that we innately know. Now, I know these guys, a lot of these guys, were like they were born on skates. But there is something very unpredictable about things sliding on ice, pucks sliding on ice, the way they roll, the size of the puck itself. Everything about it lends itself to luck. It lends itself to weird angles and rebounds like that. Late in the game last night in the Columbus-Boston game, Tuka Rask let one in. There was room for nothing but a puck between his pad and the goalpost, but that was enough for it to slide in. There are so, And that's why when you find a hot goaltender, and I asked a couple of people that know hockey really well and a few people that, that cover the league, and I said, is there something to this idea that sometimes goaltenders are locked in and they just see the puck better? And the answer invariably is yes. And past goaltenders will tell you the exact same thing. Sometimes you just can't see anything. That's why you want traffic in front of the net to try and make it more difficult. But the guys that are standing on their heads often just seem like they've got 20-20 vision and they've been eating carrots all night long. But the NBA is chalk because four out of seven on a pretty consistent playing surface where things don't seem to change and everything reacts the way you expect it to react. Not necessarily your teammates, But how many bad passes do you see in hockey that you don't necessarily see in other sports? It's the ice. It's the unpredictable nature of the playing surface that makes it so much more unpredictable. And when you get to the postseason, these guys are skating even faster. They're playing even harder. The intensity rises. It is made for this sudden death format. It is also made for crazy finishes and things that you don't expect to happen. In basketball, you just don't get that. But the NBA has always been a chalk league. If you go back historically, there's not a whole lot of franchises that have won 
big-time titles. And usually you have to take steps before you can get to the finals. The example I always go to is the Oklahoma City Thunder early in the decade, early in the run with Westbrook and Durant when James Harden was still there and they had Serge Ibaka and they still had Thabo Cephalosha and they had a lot of guys. The first year they were like an eight seed and they played hard but got beat. Then they ended up being a four seed and they were able to knock some people off. You have to take steps. You don't just go from an eight seed in the NBA to the NBA Finals. You have to learn through experience. You have to get beaten in order to learn how to win. The Orlando Magic was Shaq and Penny. They had to get beaten easily to then come back. And sometimes you also find out why you're getting beaten. Hey, we need a couple more pieces. In the case of Orlando, they went and grabbed Horace Grant from Chicago. Then they were able to beat Michael Jordan and the Bulls, beat the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals, and get to the NBA Finals where they ran into a step that they had not taken yet. They got beat in game one because Nick Anderson missed four free throws in a row, a tie three from Kenny Smith sent it to overtime, and then they got beat. And then they got swept. And then that dynasty ended because the next year things went awry. Then Shaq ended up leaving the team, and Penny got hurt, and we all know how that story ends. Oklahoma City, similarly, they made it to an NBA Finals, got beat by LeBron in the Miami Heat. Then they regressed the same way Orlando regressed. They didn't make it back to the NBA Finals the next year. Neither did the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then Harden left town. Then Durant and Westbrook blew a 3-1 lead against the Golden State Warriors, and Durant said, well, I'm done with this, and then he went to Golden State. So you don't necessarily see as much unpredictability in the NBA. There does seem to be this experience ceiling that exists for these franchises on a year-to-year basis, and keeping guys together and keeping the core together is how you can find your way somehow to the top. Houston took Golden State to a Game 7 last year. The year before, they got knocked out by the Spurs. Now it's a 2-1 series. I think Golden State's the better team. I think most of you think they're the better team. Houston could win the series. It would shock me just because I can't imagine this Golden State lineup, DeMarcus Cousins or no DeMarcus Cousins, getting beaten by anybody in a seven-game series. Because four out of seven, generally the best team wins in any sport except hockey where if you do have a hot goaltender or because of the unpredictability of the sport itself, you can sometimes get over. So the Rockets win this thing by five last night and they got contributions from some people that you had not heard from in a while. And Steph Curry continued to just not play very well. He dislocated his finger in game two. We remember that. But he missed that wide open layup late. He didn't shoot well from three. He missed more free throws than he made. That might be the only time in the history of his career dating back to grade school where that's true. He was one of three from the line last night. First off, that's an insanely low number of free throws for Steph Curry to shoot in a basketball game, especially one that went to overtime where he played 45 minutes. But the fact that he missed more because he missed two and only made the one, I bet you that has never happened in his entire NBA career. He's not playing well he shot 30 percent from the field in this game in the postseason this year his percentages are down across the board except for his minutes his field goal percentage is down around three percent his three-point field goal percentage is down about three percent his assists are down just a little bit his steals are about the same his turnovers are about the same but his point he averaged 27.3 during the regular season he's averaging about 22.5 right now 
So he's not been as effective. More so, he hasn't been efficient. And it's efficiency that wins in the postseason. It's not volume shooting. It's making the most of those shots. He didn't take a ton of shots. He took 23, but he only made seven of them. When you take more shots than you score points, if more players on your team do that, you're probably going to lose. We have seen some really inefficient performances in this postseason. And basically every single time that team has gotten thrashed. The Raptors were incredibly bad. Jonas Knox was was in with me on Outkick the Coverage as we were filling in for Clay Travis on Friday. And I started that show by talking about Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, who in the postseason, man, it might not have anything to do with DeMar DeRozan. Kyle Lowry just is a total shrinking violet when you get to the postseason. He's either feast or famine in a way unlike you see very often. Kyle Lowry was a minus 28. That was his plus minus rating in that game. How do you overcome that if you're Kawhi Leonard? And we'll talk about the Raptors. And the Raptors look like they're going to be without Siakam, who got hurt in that game. And Siakam was the one other guy that he could kind of count on that was playing well with him. Folks, the Raptors are in trouble. I don't know how they win in Philadelphia today, but they need to win in Philadelphia today, desperately. They go down 3-1, that's not going to be a good look. Siakam being out means Kyle Lowry knows he's got to show up and play great ball. But it, but we've seen him know he needed to play great ball in the past, and he's gotten swept out of the playoffs. Usually it's LeBron James that's doing the honors. But right now it's Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler, who's really emerging as the player you thought he would be when they first acquired him, and Tobias Harris. This is almost a must-win situation for the Raptors on the road. And without Siakam, that's going to be a monumental task. Before we go to Brian Finley, let's go to a call. 877-996-6369. on Fox is how to join us. Mark is in Anaheim, California, where I'll be later on this month. Mark, how are you? Yeah, what's going on, man? Uh, talking about the uh, Warriors-Rockets. I think this is going to go seven. Um, I think I picked the Rockets, but I'm not so sure now because... They should be up two to one in the series. They they blew game one. Uh, they had Golden State uh, right there for the taking. They didn't. They probably should have even won game two, and they had a lead late and they gave it away. So it's not like Golden State is that much better than the Rockets. I mean, as much as they've struggled, they've still been right there. And even tonight, um, Paul was struggling, and then Harden, Eric Gordon. So they do have the the firepower to hang with the the Warriors. So. I just think that the Warriors are flawed this year, and I don't even think they're going to win the championship. Uh, I was riding with the Bucks, and I even think the Sixers. I think the Sixers match up with them well, but Embiid is such a, a hit or miss because you don't know if he's going to play or not. But if he plays, we see how dominant he is. So I do think the East is going to win the title. And if the Warriors do end up coming out of the West, the, 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 either of those two teams, which I do think it will be, is a lot better than those Cavs teams they played the last couple of years in, especially Milwaukee. They're the most complete team. They're the best uh, offensive and defensive team. So, and nobody can stop Giannis. And with that depth and and defense, they can play. And even with the Sixers, but uh, Embiid, like I said, is such a gamble. We don't know if he's going to play, but if he does, I think they can beat Golden State too. So, I want to get your take on that. And as far as Golden State, I think they're too Kevin Durant reliant. And if he leaves, their their dynasty run is over. They're not winning any more championships. The West is too good, and so is the league. They caught up with them. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I agree with your last point. I think we're seeing right now what they are without Kevin Durant, or 
well, we're seeing how much Kevin Durant is playing and how much he's giving them. He's the only one that's consistently giving them anything. If he right. leaves, maybe that opens up a spot and you can bring somebody else in, but you're not going to be able to bring in Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant knows he's now the centerpiece. I've always thought Golden State was Steph Curry's team, that it rose nope. and fall based on what Steph has done. That has shifted. It's Kevin Durant's team at this point because Kevin Durant, I think, is the best player in the world. As to your point about Milwaukee, Milwaukee is impressive. Milwaukee, though, is a prime example of what I was talking about a few minutes ago. You don't usually go from getting knocked out in the first playoff series to winning the NBA championship, even when you've got the best player in the world, even when you've got a couple of the best players in the world. Milwaukee does have depth. They have depth unlike anybody, especially in the Eastern Conference. That's going to help them out. They do play solid defense. But if they play against the Warriors, I would still take the Warriors to win that series. I don't think the champion's coming out of the East because I don't think anybody has the experience. If Boston were to get there, that might be interesting, but they can't score enough. And they are worse, it seems like, when Kyrie is on the floor because they don't play the same level of cohesive basketball and the chemistry is not the same. But I'm still saying it's the West. It's whoever wins this series between the Warriors and the Rockets. If it's my choice, if I'm picking who I want to see win it, I'd love to see Portland win it. I'd love to see Damian Lillard and those and those guys win. I'd love to see C.J. McCollum and Cantor and all those guys win this thing, especially with Nurkic going out and how big he could have been for them. I don't know if they're even going to get past Denver. That game last night took a lot out of both of those two teams. I don't know how, what Jokic is even going to have. That's got to be major fatigue for him. I mean, you had Rodney Hood putting the finishing touches on that thing because everybody was exhausted by the time you got to 4 OT. But I'm still saying whoever comes out of the West is going to win this thing. And I still think that's going to be the Golden State Warriors. I just don't trust the Rockets. Rockets are one of those teams where I want to trust James Harden, but I've seen him falter. And until James Harden actually wins a championship, I can't predict him to, to win one. If he wins one, then maybe I can predict it for the future. But he's actually got to win one to make me believe he can win one. That's not exactly a glowing endorsement for me. Very few players or teams do I feel that way about, but I saw him shrink with Oklahoma City against Miami in the finals, and I saw him disappear against the Spurs in a closeout game a couple of years ago, and I saw how Houston played and how they shot the ball in Game 7 last year in the must-win that would have beaten the Warriors. So I just can't buy into it just yet. I still feel like Golden State, Steph Curry will eventually get going. He can't continue to play this badly. And they're still up 2-1 despite not getting very good performances from him or Clay Thompson over the last couple of games and relying, as you said accurately, on Kevin Durant too much. We don't rely on Big B. We don't re- rely on Brian Finley too much. Maybe we should. Maybe he's our Kevin Durant. Let's find out. Brian Finley, what you got? Hey, what's going on, Jason? You know, winning never felt so awkward. Longshot Country House took the Kentucky Derby after stewards disqualified maximum security, the first-place finisher, for interfering during the final turn of the race. Meanwhile, James Harden was the workhorse for the Rockets, dropping 41 points as Houston bludgeoned Golden State 126-121 in overtime. Steph Curry ghosted late, kept blowing layups. 
Golden State, though, still leads the series two games to one. Game four is on Monday. NHL postseason play, David Pasternak scored the go-ahead goal late in the third period as the Bruins blanket the Blue Jackets 4-3. Boston is up three games to two. The Sharks are one win away from clinching their series after beating the Avs 2-1. Canelo Alvarez celebrates as the middleweight champion. He won a unification bout after besting Daniel Jacobs by unanimous decision. Alvarez earned $36 million, $35 for the win, an extra million from Jacobs because he weighed more than the limit. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. A couple footnotes in Major League Baseball. Ryan Braun had the game-winning RBI in the 18th inning to lift the Brewers to a 4-3 W. Braun had six hits and... Apparently, he's off the juice. And the Red Sox pound the White Sox 15-2. Boston scored nine runs on ten hits in the third inning. Back to Jason Martin in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Appreciate it, B. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm Jason Martin. This is the Jason Martin Show. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone, 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369 is how you join us. Coming up after the break, off the top rope, Nancy R. Moore of the USA Today. Her opinions sometimes, and I understand where she's coming from, but what she's saying is ludicrous. And so we will have to parse that, and it will be kind of a lead-in to be able to talk a bit about Tyree Kill. And hour number two, a topic that for some reason, last week, a lot of you didn't like the fact that I said Tyreek Hill should be banned for life from the NFL. I will double down on that opinion, but we have other things to talk about now based on the letter that came out from Tyreek Hill's attorney and what a joke that seems like. But before we go to break, a question I have for you, and you can tweet me this at jmarzone, you can give us a call, or you can just think about it. If you're Kevin Durant, do you want four championships because it's something MJ never did, four in a row, or you want to be you know, known as Bill Russell, whatever? Are you still happy in Golden State the same way? This team does not look like they have nearly as much fun playing together as they once did. That might be the biggest difference with this crew is. There was a certain level of chemistry that existed in years past that just does not seem to be there. And I think it dates back to some of the infighting and certainly the Draymond KD incident that we didn't see. Saw a little bit on the floor, but of course you heard the stories about what was said in the locker room and how Draymond basically said KD showed up and gravy trained a team that was winning championships without him. KD is a guy that seems not to let things go and is constantly going to have a reaction to everything anyone says about him. It's a shame. I didn't know that's who he was, but that's who he seems to be. Why else would he have a burner account on Twitter to deal with his own trolls or deal with his own haters? But if you're Kevin Durant, if you go to New York, is that what you want to do? Are you going to grab Kyrie and go to New York? Are you thinking about going home to Washington where it's kind of a disaster right now and there's contracts that are not favorable, so probably not? Is there some other destination we're forgetting about? Or are you going to stay with Golden State because you know you can go win another championship there? I know there's one that they still have to win right now. 
But until somebody beats them, I'm not going to predict they're going to lose a series. I'm just not. Even if they're not having fun playing together, they're still just too much better than everybody else when the time comes. Houston, prove me wrong if you can. I would love to see fresh blood. I would love to see something different. I'm not anti-dynasty. I can explain to you many ways why dynasties are great for sports. And maybe I'll do that here in a little while on the show tonight. I don't think the Warriors' dominance is bad for the NBA in any way. But that doesn't mean that I'm pulling for them to win. The whole point of the dynasty being good for the NBA is it gives me somebody to root against. It gives me a villain, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's the Patriots, whether it's Alabama, whether it's Golden State, whatever it is, a dynasty can be really good because it becomes really compelling and you just want to see somebody else knock them off the top of the mountain. Maybe the Rockets have a chance. They won by five. It's a 2-1 series. When we come back off the top rope on a USA Today columnist, whose heart might have been in the right place, but her mind, I have no idea where her mind was. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Jason Martin Show here on FSR. I'm Jmart on Twitter at jmartzone. We're brought to you by Discover. 
Discover alerts you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. It is just another free benefit for card members. Really good reason to sign up online at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations do apply. Well, we debuted this segment last week. We're going to do it right now. I've got to come off the top rope on somebody. Let's go ahead and play the intro. Look out. Look out. J-Mart's coming off the top rope. Nancy R. Moore, I believe is how you pronounce it, of USA Today. Look, anybody can say whatever they want, and this is an opinion piece that she wrote for USA Today. Let me just read pieces of this. Even after the worst incidents of player brutality, the public shaming and outrage lasts for a few days at most and is rarely reflected in ticket sales or ratings. If it's bad enough that a team is forced to cut a trouble player, some other player will step in and fill the void. The cast-off players become some other team's bargain. Their baggage just waiting to be repurposed into a redemption story. Okay, blah, blah, blah. We know where this is, kind of. And then, he talks, then she talks about Ray Rice. And here's the thing. But the support programs, the suspensions, the experts with their long and impressive resumes... They're all just window dressing so long as owners believe the upside of a player with a troubled past outweighs any pain and embarrassment he might cause. We kind of agree here. I said last week Tyree Kill should be banned from the league if that audio was authenticated to be him. Guess what? His own lawyer authenticated it to be him this week. Here's what Nancy R. Moore then says, and this is where apparently, I don't know, a neurosurgeon entered her brain and removed it. How would this work? Ask yourself this question. Here is her remedy. Losing draft picks would change everything. If a team signs someone with a history of domestic abuse or a pattern of violence, they're on the hook for his future behavior. If he abuses again, the team loses two mid-round draft picks and the losses can't be recouped through trades. Another incident results in the loss of a first-round pick and the GM who signed the offending player will be barred from participating in the draft and all preparations leading up to it. And if the GM has moved on, like John Dorsey of the Cleveland Browns did after signing both Tyree Kill and Kareem Hunt for Kansas City, the same penalties apply. Harsh, yes, but necessary. I just read directly from her piece, folks. She believes that if you sign someone that has a history of domestic violence, you should lose mid-round draft picks. If they do it twice, you should lose a first-round pick, and your GM should not be able to actually prepare or participate in the draft. Nancy Ormore, ladies and gentlemen, believes in a utopia that cannot exist. She thinks it can. It can't. Just like all progressives believe in utopia. This is not a perfect world. Someone's always going to go for that extra dollar even when everybody is supposed to have an equal piece. When there's eight people and there's eight slices of pizza and you hand out one, there's somebody in that room that wants that second piece and wants to find a way to talk somebody out of theirs or wants to say, hey, what's that, and then take it from them behind their back. You can't penalize a team for this. The reason I said the NFL needs to bar the NFL or bar any teams from signing Tyreek Hill is because some team is going to sign Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs haven't let him go yet. Because they're hoping for some miracle that's going to keep him available because he's 25 and he runs like the wind. His nickname is Cheetah. But how would you say you can't even recoup the losses through trades? How would you adjudicate any of this? This is fantasy land. She spent like 2,000 words writing about how teams should lose draft picks due to domestic violence. 
It may sound good in theory, and I understand that she wants to lessen these in, these incidents. So do I. It says the prospect of losing draft picks would not only force teams to make better choices, it would compel them to ensure those players aren't a threat to their families or anyone else. How? You can't blame the team for what the player is doing. That's why Tyreek Hill should be banned from the league forever. Because it's on him. He gave up the privilege. Nancy Armour, utopias sound great. They're utopias because they're fiction. Hour number two, Jason Martin Show rolling right along on a Sunday morning, Fox Sports Radio. I am Jay Mart. I'm on Twitter at JMartZone. You can follow me there, 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. That's how you join this program. Tonight, the crew... I'm going to do my best to get this right because we got new people in new spots. Got Ryan out at a wedding tonight. But I know we got Chris Perfett. We got Eric Roberts. We got Brian Finley. I think I just nailed that. I think that's the trifecta spinning the dollars radio style tonight out in Los Angeles. You're good. Is that right? Good. That's what I'm that's what I want to hear. What I also need to tell you is that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I bet you already knew that, but we're going to make sure that it's always in your head. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're also brought to you by Discover. They're going to alert you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. That is just another of the many benefits, and it's free for card members. Just sign up online, discover.com, slash free alerts. Limitations apply. I went off the top rope on Nancy Armour, suggesting that teams should lose draft picks and GMs should be restricted away from the draft process if they sign a player with a history of domestic violence and he abuses again. I understand what she is trying to get at. None of us want domestic violence to exist. This is a pipe dream. This is insane. One thing I want to say about Tyreek Hill before I say a lot more things about Tyreek Hill in this segment is the word if, because none of us were there and we don't know for sure. And we know that the lawyers have pushed back. I don't buy into the text message exchange. Uh, The way those texts read, Tyree Kill sounds like a human being when you listen to him in interviews. Go listen to him. Go Google him and look up an interview that Tyree Kill has had. He sounds like a human being. He talks like a person. And then look at this text exchange, and it's basically Jarvis from Iron Man talking to another robot, like a Dalek or something from doctor who people don't speak the way those text messages do and let me tell you how many people in this world text in more proper english than they speak nobody they use shorthand they misspell stuff and i'm saying i do that i mean i i I may text more better than some because i write as well for a living and so I kind of find it hard to leave a bunch of typos and stuff, but you know how your text message exchanges go. No punctuation, no capitalization. You might miss a word here. You might put the wrong version of two, two, or two here. All this kind of stuff. If you talk in a certain parlance, you're still not going to text as well as you talk. Tyree Kill talks like a human being, and then his text messages come across like he's some kind of road scholar. That's tough. But let me give you an example. A lot of people came after me with my Tyreek Hill point. And by the way, if he is not charged, no, you can't ban him for life. Of course not. If he's found guilty, he should never play football again. Period. And I don't feel sorry for Kansas City, and this is why. I want you to think about Seinfeld. Tyreek Hill for the Kansas City Chiefs 
is basically the equivalent, if you remember Seinfeld, early on in that show's run. Tyree Kill is basically the cashmere sweater with the red dot that George Costanza was able to buy on discount for Elaine. You've bought this. You've seen this stuff, the stuff that's just barely damaged, and you have to make that decision. Hmm, can I live with that? Can I live with that like little bit of cut? Maybe I can sew that. Or the dented can in the grocery store or whatever. Maybe it's not going to bother you. Maybe it's not ever going to affect you. Or maybe everybody that sees you wear that sweater is going to point out that red dot to the point where you can't wear it anymore. And even though you got it on a discount, you can't do anything with it. Tyree Kill's speed at the combine, I think, was a 4 one of the fastest ever recorded. There is not a soul that can keep up with him down the field. But there's a reason why he last played in college for the University of West Alabama. Not the Crimson Tide, not Nick Saban, West Alabama. And you know what that reason is. There's no dispute on that reason. He has apologized for that and tried to make amends for it. But as a result of that, the Chiefs get a ridiculous talent in the fifth round. They got him out of that bin. They got him out of that mildly damaged baggage bin. And it's because of that baggage they were able to get him at a major discount. When they picked him up and drafted him, he came with like four or five extra bags of baggage claim when they picked him up at the airport. There was a huge risk involved here. Bomani Jones actually made a really good point last week on TV. He called Tyreek Hill an open box. And if you think about open box buys, you've been to Best Buy or something, and you've seen like, I don't know, the sound bar that doesn't come with a remote or the Blu-ray player that was returned, but they kept the HDMI cable. And so there's a note, almost like a post-it note attached to it saying, hey, open box, it's $80 cheaper, or $100 cheaper, but it's missing this component. And you can take the risk and you can open up your wallet and you can still spend on that. And then you can go buy your own HDMI. In some cases, it's not going to bother you very much. And then, like I said, if it's a sweater, like George Costanza thought, hey, I'm buying a cashmere sweater for Elaine. This is a great gift. I'm able to get it on a deep discount. But it was damaged and everybody saw it. And she couldn't find anybody to even give away. A cashmere sweater is a luxury item. It is a, an item you want. But it's an item that you can't necessarily do anything with. And you think about the Kansas City Chiefs. They've lost two of the major pieces of this offense in the last year or so, year and a half or so. Kareem Hunt and now potentially Tyreek Hill. And I had people writing me after the show last week talking about how stupid it would be for Kansas City to cut Tyreek Hill and release him because somebody would snatch him up. Of course they would. I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong. What I'm telling you is that if he's found guilty... He may not have an option because he may have legal things he's got to take care of. Because, But even though I believe fully in redemption and I believe in forgiveness and as a country we believe in both, football should not be an option for Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to put this out for you and I want you to absorb this. The woman's pregnant stomach that Tyreek Hill admitted to punching in the first incident, admitted to, the child she was carrying then, is the one, the audio, which is now revealed, yes, indeed, this was Tyree Kill. It's the one that he is accused of punching. That same kid that was in her stomach is the one that he is now allegedly punching in the chest using a belt on and terrifying. And the woman who may go to jail as well, and who may never say anything about Tyree Kill because there is a major gravy train behind this, and who knows what other reasons, 
She didn't reveal the whole truth originally. That seems obvious. But if you look back at the story, he didn't choke her. He held her on the ground for over a full minute with his hands around her throat, which is dangerously dangerously close to murder. Because I don't know what other purpose runs through your mind if you're strangling someone for that long. And strangulation was one of the charges. I'm not making any of this up. But one of the arguments that you guys came at me with last week was, he has a right to make a living, you say. And you're right, he does, until or unless he's incarcerated. But what Tyreek Hill doesn't have is the right to make this living. Millions of dollars playing a game where he's elite, but where he squandered his opportunity. That's sad, but it's true. And I had people messaging me, well, what would you feel if this guy was working for Coca-Cola? You can't make that argument because this job is not like 99% of the other jobs in this world. This one makes you a millionaire. It makes you a celebrity. It makes children look up to you and want to be like you. And it puts your face as part of a larger brand. Avengers Endgame is making billions and with great power comes great responsibility. That's what Uncle, you know, Uncle Ben told Spider-Man. Tyree Kill has proven himself out in the past as someone irresponsible. If he's found guilty or charged, look, he did everything right after the first incident. We've seen the stories, all the court-ordered therapy, the service that he did, saying all the right things about his family. And there were people in the Chiefs organization say he has done so much to redeem himself. This is the result of it. So he should be done, period. And there were people disagreeing with me this, on this. I mean, Tyree Kill should never play another down in that league if he's found guilty of this or if he is really charged with it. And the arguments are ridiculous. And the one other one that I have not mentioned, this is my favorite. Someone tweeted me and said that it would be bad for him mentally to have football taken away from him. That it would make it harder for his rehab. I don't know how to tell this person this. The NFL is not the Betty Ford Clinic. It's not a licensed therapist. It is the furthest thing from Roger Goodell's responsibility to make sure Tyree Kill is happy or well-adjusted. The NFL has to ensure the integrity of its league. It's got to ensure the safety of its players, and it's got to take its responsibility within the community as top-line insanely serious. And I made this argument about Urban Meyer and the Zach Smith deal. The thing I hated that Urban Meyer said early in that whole situation when he was defending Zach Smith was that the first incident that happened down in Florida where he had choked Courtney and they were newlyweds, Urban Meyer said, you know, they're a young couple. These things happen. They'll learn from it. Everything will be okay. He's a great coach and we're going to move forward. They're a young couple. So Zach Smith is going to learn down the line that it's not okay to put your hands on a woman in a threatening manner, put your hands around her throat or throw her against a wall or punch her. You'll learn that. You know, who among us hasn't done that to their spouse? Who among us hasn't assaulted their girlfriend for the first few years until we realize it's generally frowned upon? These things happen in new marriages. There are things innately within us. We're built with these internal mechanisms. Doctors can't see them. You can't find them on a microscope. You can't find them in an x-ray. These things within us, or this thing within us, lets us know when something is right and something is wrong. You don't evolve into learning it's not okay to hit a woman. Or to hit anybody in general. That's not something you learn along the way not to terrify your three-year-old or strangle your wife or tell her when she remarks that their son is terrified of you 
quote, you need to be terrified of me too, insert word for female dog. That's why you can't ever keep a man, unquote. And the lawyer's letter in this four-page letter that they sent to ESPN said that that was the one line that they really couldn't defend that Tyreek had said, that he was just mad and so he was mad and that's what he said is you need to be terrified of me too, female dog. I'm going to say this again. If he's charged and he's guilty, he should be done. He must be done. You can't slap somebody on the wrist, can't give them a limited sentence. The NFL's got to hold a minimum standard where when this kind of thing happens, when there's a track record behind it, as there is here, you have given up your opportunity to earn a living in this league. Every other player's got to see this. They've got to know you can't come back from this. Whether he earned it or not, and the other argument I heard was that, hey, he earned his right to be in the NFL. Yeah, he did, but that doesn't mean he should always keep it. I want you to think about this. I could earn a million bucks doing this job. I could earn a hundred thousand bucks doing whatever whatever it is. It doesn't even matter. Working hard, uh, the abilities of strength God gave me through His grace. I can I can earn a lot. I can earn a ton of money, but I could still blow all that money on drugs, or on things I don't need, or on cars, or even on good things. I still earn that money, but I no longer have it because I treated it carelessly. Tyreek Hill, all-world talent. But it seems like he might have treated it carelessly. So not suspended, not even suspended for a full season. This audio's been authenticated. If he is charged, he got to be gone, folks. It may not even be in the NFL's hands. Tyreek Hill might have legal troubles he's got to worry about, but there is absolutely no other answer here. I am sorry. If you think there is, you're wrong. The NFLPA, their job is to fight against discipline, and they might fight against it here. If he's not charged, he's going to play. And really, we can't say anything about that. The NFL is not an investigation company. They don't have an investigative arm. They can't make these decisions outside. But if he's charged, that changes things. This guy has given up the golden chance he was given the second he's charged and found guilty. It's two incidents, not one. And you're not getting three strikes. You're done. I pray that Tyreek Hill can recover from this in his life. I pray that along the way he's able to find a true solid rock on which he can stand. But he can't ever play football again if he's guilty. Period. Now we have to find out if he is. And if he is, he's done. In my book, you may disagree. You can tweet me at jmartzone. I know we've got Miko in Compton. Hang with us through the break. We'll take your phone call when we come back. 877-996-6369. on fox Also coming up from the big lead, Ryan Glasspiegel. Bottom half of this hour. Stick around. It'll be a fun conversation as we go inside the ring and talk some WWE. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, thanks for joining me. I'm Jason Martin. This is the Jason Martin Show on FSR. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone, 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox. Ryan Glassbeagle, the big lead, will join me after we get the latest from Brian Finley here in a couple of minutes. Talk a little WWE and a lot of TV ratings during that discussion as well because there's a lot of money flying around. There might be some buyer's remorse flying around as well. I think that will be interesting to you as well. Let's go to Miko in Compton who had thoughts on Tyreek Hill before the break. Hopefully he waded through. Miko, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Jake. And I agree with you, man. Hill, if, even if he's not convicted, you know, by the court, they don't have the evidence. He, he still needs like a big suspension or something. You hit the kid when your fiance was pregnant with the baby. Then you are abusing the kid when the kid is born. I mean, how much more, you know, egregious can one be? I mean, these guys, you have, you've been given so much. If you can't make it with all the millions and all the support you get from being a professional football player, and they might not get all the money that us as the fans, you know, think that they get. I'm sure not every NFL player has this yacht in G5 that you just think about, but you still have more than just the average 25, 26, you know, young yeah. adult has. So if he can't make it with all that he's been given and he has to talk to kids and abuse kids like that in the in the environment that we live in now, you know, I get it. We all came a lot of us came up with tough parents, but mm-hmm. I mean it's a different you know, this is a different ball game now. You can't talk to kids like that, you know, treat women like that in today's society. So I, I hope that he, you know, Get some kind of stiff punishment. I mean, if you got kicked out of Oklahoma State, 
This guy's been to the junior. He's got gold medals in junior Olympics. You know, he's been in yep. Barcelona representing the country. You know, you, you're more than just a Kansas City. You got world-class speed. So if you want you a world-class athlete, you need a world-class personality and attitude to go with that when you represent so much. So that's all I want to say, Jason. But I agree with you. He needs a stiff punishment. Appreciate it. Thank you for your thoughts there, Miko. He needs a stiff punishment as long as he's charged. I mean, he's not charged. He's going to play in the league again. And, look, this is imperfect, and there's no real way around this. What a lot of cases like this become is who has a better lawyer. Which lawyer can sell their narrative better than the other guy? We don't know how this case is going to run itself out. If he's not charged, there's not much you can do. Even if it's true, even if you believe in your heart that he did it, unless he's charged, the NFL is not capable, nor should they be in the business of legislating situations like this. This is one where the legal system, the justice system, will come to a conclusion and then the NFL should follow suit. And I had somebody tweet me, and they tweet me a lot. Andy tweeted me and he said, you know, Michael Vick came back from dogfighting. Tyreek Hill can come back from this even if he does prison. What I'm saying is he shouldn't be able to. If he goes to prison, I don't know that he can or not. I don't know if you hold your speed or or what happens or whatever, but I can't imagine that guy comes back from this. And I I know that a lot of people will never forgive Michael Vick. I remember famously just a couple of years ago, he was going to speak here in Nashville. And a radio station was promoting it, and they were talking about it and all this kind of stuff, and there was a huge outcry not to even let him talk. Michael Vick could not possibly have been more contrite or done anything more right after all the things that he did doing his time. But after that, going doing, you know, animal shelters and all sorts of charity work, saying all the right things. I mean, he did everything. He didn't stand up there with prepared statements. His statement was one of the most genuine things I'd ever seen when he finally got to talk. He didn't have papers in front of him. He just spoke from the heart. And that was a dude that, you know, you read about him after the fact he had been entitled and he was very difficult to deal with down in Atlanta. And I think he recognized that and even talked about it and became a new man. And still people will not forgive him. A lot of people won't forgive him for that. I just look at this and I say, there are boycotts waiting to happen for Tyreek Hill if this goes down and he actually deals with real legal trouble here. If not... He probably is on the field, and he's probably there for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs have an unfortunate history, and we know this history. they got Jovan Belcher. That's an absolute tragedy. They've got the Kareem Hunt situation. He's now a Cleveland Brown with the guy who originally drafted him, John Dorsey. John Dorsey, who also drafted Tyreek Hill. And they've got Hill. And then they grab Frank Clark from Seattle, who has a checkered past also. We have to see how this plays out from a legal standpoint when it comes to Tyreek Hill. Let's go out to L.A. Let's talk to Brian Finley. We've got Brian Glassbeagle on the other side. But first, Brian with the latest. Brian, what you got? Hey, Jason. A wacky, unbelievable outcome coming out of the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. 65-1 to Country House taking the crown. Only after stewards disqualified maximum security, the winner for cutting off a couple horses during the final turn of the race. Never before had a top finisher been DQ'd at this race. Maximum security jockey Luis Saez responded to this ruling by saying his horse shied away from the noise of the crowd and may have ducked a little. I think that's what you call oversimplifying. 
Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Canelo Alvarez claiming the middleweight championship on Saturday, winning a unification belt after besting Daniel Jacobs by unanimous decision. Meantime, James Harden dropped 41 points as Houston took it to Golden State in Game 3, 126-121 in overtime. Steph Curry nowhere to be found in the clutch, but Golden State still leads the series two games to one. Game 4 is on Monday. And finally, NHL postseason play from Saturday. David Pasternak dropped the go-ahead goal late in the third period. He scored as the Bruins took a win against the Blue Jackets, 4-3 the final. Boston is up three games to two. And the Sharks are up three games to two in their series against the Avs after San Jose got past Colorado 2-1. Back to Jason Martin in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Appreciate it, Brian. Welcome back into the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We talk pro wrestling here. Let's go ahead and go inside the ring. Are you ready to get your pro wrestling talk on? It's time for J-Mart to clothesline your ass. Let's get inside the ring. Interestingly enough, I usually talk sports media when I have this guy on, but he also likes to talk a lot of pro wrestling as well. And with the television ratings, I think you could actually talk about both. He's Ryan Glassbeagle <laughs> of the Big Lead. You've heard him on Fox Sports Radio before. Ryan, it is early on a Sunday morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Bright and early. Yeah, I, I'm doing better than WWE is right now. Well, I say that, but I mean, they're not too worried about the fact that their ratings are down significantly in terms of they're not worried today because their stock price is still going to rise because of the Saudi Arabia money and because of the initial deal with Fox. But let me ask you this, with the with everything tanking the way that it is, do you think Fox already has a little bit of buyer's remorse? I mean, looking at the state of the industry right now, there are industry analysts that feel like pro wrestling is about to die. Now, I think we know better because AEW could change the game depending on what they're able to do when they come out of the blocks. And maybe WWE has some gigantic idea for its Fox launch. But basically, since last fall, creative has just absolutely been as bad as we've ever seen in this company. And the ratings are not good at all no you're totally right the creative has been atrocious and the viewership has reflected that last week was the lowest that raw ratings have ever been outside of a holiday yep. or a football season in like 24 25 years on the air and then this week was nine percent lower and so like it People are tuning out. We're not liking what they're giving us. Like Vince McMahon is sitting there wondering why, like we don't like being force fed Baron Corbin, like a <laughs> child getting forced to eat castor oil. And I don't know. Like they, I, it, it's like, there's no real easy solution for them. I don't know if you could say yet that Fox has buyer's remorse because their logic in doing this show is that so many like, so much of people's entertainment market share of their time has moved to um, ad-free platforms like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, HBO, etc. Like you probably can't remember the last time you watched a network sitcom or drama. So they're looking at it in terms of the cost per hour to create one of those shows 
versus what they're paying per hour for SmackDown. And maybe, like, they do come up with a hit in, like, a sitcom or a drama, but it's a risk. But with SmackDown, they have a pretty idea of what they're going to be getting. So WWE is really hoping, they said on their analyst call, that Fox is going to promote SmackDown heavily during Thursday Night Football, World Series, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm of the opinion on your end where... I'm hoping that the launch of AEW gives WWE creative a real kick in the pants because they need it right now. Yeah, they definitely do. I mean, I'm a guy who worked in pro wrestling on the independent level for about nine years, and I've written about it for over two decades. I've hosted a podcast and a radio show in Nashville for the past five and a half years as well, and I have never been closer to just saying, I don't know that I'm a wrestling fan anymore. Like, WWE has stripped my enjoyment to the point where, I mean, I'm not really the guy that's going to go watch the Spot Fest, at least not this point in my life. I like the creative. I like the storylines. I like the way that that's done. And there are no storylines, much less angles, right now in WWE that make any sense. I mean, even the Becky Lynch character, who I kind of am not as big a fan of just because of the way they've portrayed it. Basically, the reason it works is because what she's done outside of WWE, what she's been able to do on her social media and just how affable she's been and the way that she's kind of been able to make this feel organic. But every time WWE puts her on TV, she says things that seem contradictory, like, I got these titles because I beat everybody in front of me. And Asuka is somewhere laughing her rear end off because the last I checked, Asuka tapped her out in January, and now Asuka's nowhere to be seen except in a tag team with Kyrie Sane on Tuesday nights. It's the lack of attention to detail from week to week, as if Vince just thinks, all right, well, I can just put this show on and it's standalone, as opposed to a season of a TV show where we need to actually have cohesion behind things. All of this has just made my enjoyment. It is a slog for me to watch this product. And and the commentary, like Michael Cole explaining to us in an infantilizing manner, and his catchphrases, and it doesn't seem like he even enjoys being there. It's like everything, it's so little, like money in the bank is in a couple weeks. And this is the thing where, like for people who don't know, because this isn't like a wrestling show, this is a wrestling show, money in the bank is a gimmick where they put like seven or eight people in a ladder match and and you grab a briefcase that enables you to cash in at any moment for a world title shot. And so this is supposed to be like, something that they really use to build up up and coming performers. And you would think with like a month to plan for it, that they would have some type of story that involves the stakes of getting into and qualifying for that match. But instead they just open up raw and announce, okay, these four people are in it. And it's like, why don't you make them do something for it? You have 12 hours of programming between now and then we want to see these people, like, I know that pro wrestling is scripted, and, but it's supposed to be meritocratic where, like, the best performers get rewarded with the championship belt, and they just stripped any meritocracy out of this, like, whole tournament. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about it being scripted. It is scripted, but those that watch pro wrestling generally implicitly believe, want to believe, agree, and are in on the joke and are willing to suspend their disbelief. And all they need is the cognitive dissonance to be able to pull that off. 
and Vince does whatever he can to take that option away from the audience. Like, there's no feeling of real to anything. The heels are the ones that make all the sense in the promos, not the baby faces. Stuff like nobody having to qualify for this match. I mean, Ricochet got beat by Bobby Roode, who's not exactly a top guy on Raw in a singles match two weeks ago. And then last week on Monday night, he just came out and Ricochet is in the Money in the Bank match and Bobby Roode is nowhere to be found. Like, stuff like that. Like, Wins and right. losses like, don't matter. It's ridiculous. Him, if you're going to do that, like they don't. Yes. I don't think that they plan even three weeks in advance right now. Like, and they can blame it on injuries all they want, but you and I both know that they haven't actually been bitten by the injury bug. At least not nearly as bad as they were like a year or two ago when Rollins went down when he was champion. Like they. I, I don't even, like, know what's going on with them. I basically, I'm of the belief that there's a given amount of hours in a day, and Vince McMahon, for most of his history running WWE, has been devoting all of those hours towards WWE. Right now, he's launching the XFL mm-hmm. for next year. They've got big TV deals with ESPN and Fox reportedly down the line, and he's hiring like name general managers and coaches and ticket distributors and whatever else may be in every city. And so there's a certain amount of time that he's devoting to that. And I don't think that he has been as much of a delegator with the wrestling show as he should, because he has people there who know how to do this stuff like triple H you watch NXT. Everything makes sense. There's stakes, like the promos are crisp, the announcing is excitable. And so you're like, okay, this guy's in this company and he knows how to make a good wrestling show, but you're not making it on your biggest platform. Why? And that's really all that I can come up with with this. Ryan Glassbeagle of The Big Lead joining me here tonight on Fox Sports Radio on the Jason Martin Show. Another thing about AEW All Elite Wrestling and Alex Marvez, who is very well known to the Fox Sports Radio audience, and and I'm lucky to be able to call him a friend. He's associated with that product. And you think about the fact that last fall, reportedly, they had a couple of different pretty good TV deals that were out there. And they held on and they waited and they thought, you know, they'd be in a better position to negotiate now. You got to think, and I heard Dave Meltzer say this uh, this week on his radio program as well. You've got to think that they want to make this deal as soon as possible because the ratings are going to drop even further as we get further into the NBA playoffs. Like the numbers that Raw is pulling right now are dangerously close to what Impact was pulling against Raw when they were on Spike TV. Like that's that's almost unheard of. Like it's it's amazing how few people seem to be consuming this product on a weekly basis. And I do think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's too much. There's three hours. They're not filling it pretty well. But it seems like, like this could reverberate. This could actually cost AEW in their negotiations the longer that this goes. Because WWE, if WWE business stinks, and you know this, when it's not good, the wrestling industry's not good. It's the same thing with independence and all of those things. All the indies that I used to work for and things of that nature, when WWE business stunk, our houses would also not be good either. They are incredibly important to the health of the overall industry. So AEW has to be trying to close something as soon as possible. You know, I could see how TV executives would think what you're thinking, but 
what I've observed, like AAW, which is the independent promotion that's based out of Chicago, and I've seen like Ruby Riot and like Ricochet came through there, Kevin Owens came through there, um, like a, a bunch of people who are currently in WWE came through there. Uh, they are a week away, like th- their show in Chicago is a week away, and they've sold out virtually all of their seats, and it's now getting into the standing room territory. I think that this is a rejection not of wrestling, but of WWE, and that when AEW comes around, it's going to be a breath of fresh air. Now, maybe I'm just like delusionally hopeful in terms of like my fanhood for this genre, but I think that they are about to be building something that's going to be really crisp and refreshing, and that it's going to dispute the narrative that the wrestling industry at large is in trouble because WWE can't be bothered to write a month in advance. One final thing, Dean Ambrose leaves the company, and then John Moxley, which was his name when he was in CZW in his independent days before he went to the Performance Center and ever did anything in Florida for WWE, John Moxley puts out a video uh, with a new Twitter handle and everything else, and this video looks like it has a budget behind it. It looks like he is going to perform on the indies, but you have to think that he's going to end up with All Elite. Like, that's the only way that this ends, but it feels like maybe he wants to bucket list this thing kind of the way that Cody Rhodes did and then find a home that makes sense. But also AEW has these wide-open deals where guys can work elsewhere and it's individually based, like Kenny Omega can work other places in addition to AEW the way it's set up. I, I would be stunned if that guy does not end up in AEW. And this video was one of the more impressive things I've seen from a promotional standpoint in a long time, and it was just right there on Twitter. I know. And he, uh, I don't think the imagery of him escaping from prison was lost on anybody. Yeah. Uh, so, I, look, I'd be st- I'm with you. I'd be stunned if he didn't go to AEW. Ryan Satin from Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. he tweeted a screen grab that I didn't notice of Dice showing yep. 2-5, which is the date of Double or Nothing in Las Vegas later this month. And I think I'd be more surprised if we didn't see him there than if we did. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And if you look at the prison walls, there's like the tick marks and the things that are lit up are 525. There's a 5 that's lit, and then the 25 is actually lit even more. So there's a couple of different pieces of imagery. There's also a large dog or maybe a big dog one of them chasing John Moxley after he gets out of prison. There's so much like crazy symbolism that you could pull out of this thing. The one thing I wanted to get to that we didn't, and, and we'll have you back on uh, for this segment uh, in the future, is Bray Wyatt and what's actually happening with that character on TV right now. But I don't have an hour and a psychiatrist <laughs> to go into it to the detail that I need to. I, I, it's just not for me. Maybe they'll be able to sell me on it. I'm trying to be open-minded, but... WWE is in trouble. AEW needs to get here soon because I'm losing a lot of interest uh, in Real what's quick, going on. Um, you know how in like the rise and fall of WCW documentaries, yeah. they go through like 93, 94, 95 yes. creative, and you've got these people rolling their eyes about how anybody thought that was a good idea. I have a feeling that this era is going to be front and center on a future documentary like that. Yeah, that's... That's not good, Ryan. That's not a positive if that's going to end up happening. I saw the last of the Von Erics, the Dark Side of the Ring documentary a couple of days ago, and that was really hard to watch. 
Uh, if WWE, if this creative goes down the pathway of being that dark, we don't need to see a dark side of the ring WWE creative fall 2018 to indefinite right now. It, they've got to get this thing back under wraps. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Jason. Have a great rest of the weekend. You too. That is Ryan Glass-Spiegel, and that is Inside the Ring. We'll finish up hour number two of the Jason Martin Show here on a Sunday next. The Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, welcome back. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO, the only hard part. Figuring out which way is easier. Thanks to Ryan Glassbeagle for joining me inside the ring. I'm Jason Martin, the Jason Martin Show. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. So I went off the top rope at the end of the first first hour. I'm going to end each hour with good stories in two and three. And doesn't get too much better than this Ryan Shazier story. We know what happened to Ryan Shazier. When it happened, he had about a 20% chance of ever walking again. And on Friday, he got married in Pittsburgh. And he walked his new bride, Michelle Rodriguez, down the aisle. And that wasn't all. He also danced with her. If you remember against the Bengals in 2017 in December, rushed to a hospital, spinal stabilization surgery, didn't regain movement in his legs for months. It was February before he regained movement in his in his legs. And he's been systematically just kind of climbing the ladder to get, you know, just back to real life. It looked like he was going to be paralyzed potentially, but he can now walk. He's driven a car. According to a lot of places, he's now jogging. He's lifting weights. I think I read that he did a three-foot box jump, that that was a new kind of PR for him in this new version of, of Ryan Shazier. And if you remember the Steelers and all the turmoil that they've gone through, some self-inflicted and a lot with, you know, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and everything that's happened surrounding that franchise. The GM saying some unintelligent things. Keep in mind that the Steelers have kept Ryan Shazier on their roster with a physically unable to perform designation. And Mike Tomlin's reasoning for this when he's asked about it is always the same. It's Ryan Shazier. It helps him out. It gives him another year towards his pension in the NFL. It is the kind of thing that classy organizations should do. And this is just such a good story on so many levels, and there's so much negativity in sports. There's so much that we have to do in this job where we look at the bad, and we, you know, bad things will happen, and it'll flutter through your mind if you work in sports media. Ooh, good content here. Can't wait to talk about this. Man, I, I really hope that there's a part of me that stops wishing for those kinds of things and instead looks for more of these Ryan Shazier dancing at his wedding stories because this is what makes life worth living, this kind of positivity. You would have to not have a soul not to be affected in a positive way by this. Great by the Steelers, but Ryan Shazier being able to dance at his own wedding after what he went through and what he's had to go through to try and get back Truly remarkable. And I'll just say it this way. God is good, folks. 
Ryan Shazier is a prime example of it. Michelle Rodriguez and Ryan Shazier, congratulations to them on their marriage. Ryan, you are an inspiration, brother. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. It's the Jason Martin Show here on FSR. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Never forget that. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there, 877-99 on Fox. To join us, 877-996-6369. So I heard Brian Finley there doing the update, and I've heard this story all day about Country House and 65-1 to and disqualifications and Kentucky Derby. And all I continue to think is what I think every year on Kentucky Derby Saturday, and that is... Is there anything more boring that you can watch on television than the pregame for the Kentucky Derby? Like, we're going to talk Warriors-Rockets here in just a second. I'm not going to belabor this. But the hours of NBC coverage leading up to a two-minute race boggles the mind. I guess the same people that watch all of this are the same kind of people that are watching the Royal Wedding. I say that as somebody whose girlfriend really enjoyed watching the Royal Wedding, so maybe I shouldn't say that, but I don't think this one's for me, guys. Like, if I can figure out exactly when that race is going to start, I'm going to watch it. But let me tell you how my Saturday afternoon went. I was sitting there, and I was kind of flipping between a couple of baseball games and just kind of messing around, not really paying close attention to anything that was going on. And I saw a tweet from a friend of mine that works in the media that talked about during the national anthem, a lot of these people with these expensive hats at Churchill Downs didn't take them off. And that was ridiculous. And so I thought, oh, national anthem, that means it's about time for the race. Okay, I'll flip over and watch. Maybe something will happen that'll be interesting that I'll want to talk about on the show. And so I flip over and I flip over just in time to see the end of a race and a horse win. I'm like, ah, okay. Bricks and Mortars has won the Kentucky Derby. No, that was actually a different race. So I thought that for hours until I then found out, oh, there's been a disqualification. I'm like, oh, Bricks and Mortars got disqualified? No, another horse because I was watching a separate race altogether. (laughs) And I still don't feel like I missed anything. And I would sit here and try to discuss the disqualification and all that, and I know that I think there were over like $11 million in lost money when this thing changed over and, you know, Gambling degenerates everywhere are struggling to try and deal with everything that's going on. I lived in Kentucky for many years, had the opportunity to go to Derby Week a couple of different times, did not go. Eventually, maybe I will. I'm sure it's fun. But this, like, incessant hours and hours of pregame, I mean, I'm trying to think of other things I would rather watch that are horrifying than watch that. My thing is, people's, like, all of a sudden, just their over-interest in it, like, they're just race fans year-round. It's like all yeah. of a sudden, it's Derby Day. It's Derby Day. Oh, look at the coverage. Look how invested I am. It's like, man, you couldn't tell a horse from a racehorse from like the Clydesdales. Like, what are you talking about? Did you watch this? No, I did not. I did not watch it. I, I did. I don't. I'm, did you? Yeah. Do you love it? Or uh, did you I, just. Well, it's my two minutes. My grandfather kind of grew me up on this idea of watching of <clears throat> horse racing. He liked to bet on them. He would always kind of. You know, my dad would tell me tales like he learned how to drive because he'd basically chauffeur my grandfather to mm. and from races back home in Toledo. Uh, yeah, I watched because I'm <laughs> Jonas Knox had me 
giving out a bet. I think I, I, I gave out Code of Honor, and I know he placed, which was good for me. Actually, play, show then to a place after disqualification because the sport can be weird, and I've never seen disqualification like that before. I think my thing that I that is so curious about the pregame stuff is that it always there, there's two sides to the Kentucky Derby. You 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 might know this is that you have all those people in the stands who are all well and dressed up, and then you have right. the degenerates that Hunter S. Thompson wrote about. You know, yeah. the people on the inside of the track who are just getting so boozed up and decadent and depraved. And that, that to me, that, those people are more interesting, but you will never see the cameras cut to them. I'd rather watch so, the pits of, of the degenerates gambling yeah. than the, the race itself, probably. I definitely would rather see interviews with them than with, like, various trainers and Aaron Rodgers or whoever it is that they go try to find that are in like the expensive seats. So can you explain since you loved horse racing or since your grandfather brought it up, you said you had never seen a DQ like this. Can you break this thing down? Not in a Cliff's notes version, but in a C Jane run kind of version. That's just very, very simple for the people out there. If they didn't see this. So basically I I'm not quite sure all of it because I had to, uh, as soon as the race was over, I had to start getting ready to sleep so I could do this overnight shift. Mm-hmm. But from what I read about it, basically uh, maximum security cut off or impeded the progress of one of the horses around. And I think by the way the horse was moving, it might have bumped into the jockey riding that horse. And that 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 is cause for, if the stewards want to, they don't have to, but it's up to the discretion of the stewards at that point to disqualify that horse if it does kind of you know interfere with the other horses racing in the derby. So they didn't need to. There was no reason for it. And I think the takes I've seen are basically boiled down to is that video replay ruins another sport. Yeah, I just, I mean, again, the race is whatever. It, it was mean, a horse that wasn't going to win or even be right. close to the to to the podium at all anyway. So it's just a very bizarre way for a horse to be completely thrown out. And I really felt bad for the owner and the jockey too who – for you know, five glorious minutes thought they they had won this thing, and then all of a sudden you have to sit there for twenty agonizing minutes until you're told no, you've won nothing. Yeah, I mean that was interesting. And again, if you could just catch the race as it's happening, that's fine. I will say, you know, we were we were joking. Jonas and I were joking on Friday when we did the minus twenty eight for Kyle Lowry and his plus minus. We were speculating as to what minus twenty eight would look like in your job. Like, what would be a terrible performance in your job or just a terrible job to have to do? And we were thinking about radio. And we also looked it up, and I found out that Andre Drummond had the worst plus-minus rating in the history of the playoffs, and it happened like 20 days ago when the Pistons were in the playoffs. Yeah, you remember the Pistons? They were actually in the playoffs for a very short period of time, but Andre Drummond was a minus 45 in 26 minutes before he got ejected for a flagrant two. Uh, in that first round series where they got boat raced and whipped out and so I said what's a minus 45 and I said well if it's just something you're tasked to do golf is now a thing on the radio I absolutely love golf it's hard to listen to however I need to be able to watch it but Kentucky Derby pregame and like race coverage on the radio is and being the board operator for that you guys know that out in LA. I'm not saying like you're covering it and doing it. You're just like firing the local brakes when they go to commercial. That sounds like minus 45 territory to me. 
Like, I can't imagine. I, look, I did the board op thing for a long time, and I sat through a whole lot of NASCAR races and a whole lot of nationwide series races, and those things seemed to take forever. And every time I was scheduled to do one, there'd be four rain delays, and I would be just listening to nothing and wondering what I had done to deserve such a terrible plight in my life, making no money basically at the time either, no insurance, all of those things. But I would do that gladly before I would sit there during like a five-hour, and that's what it is. It's like a four- or five-hour afternoon broadcast on the radio for the Kentucky Derby. I have no idea, one, how you fill five hours of that time, but being a board operator, I think I would rather watch my own autopsy than actually be a part of that. It is tough. I've done two of them. It's not fun, right? No, I mean, it's you not. like the racing, but it's like, how do you do that on the radio? Like, it doesn't even make sense to me. Just come on to come on as the race is starting, play music and say, 30 seconds from the race, here are the however many horses it is. As soon as the race is over, hey, this guy won. If you can get an interview with him, great, and then be done. Like, that should be an in and out, like, 11 minute deal. Kind of like a Powerball situation where they cut Something. to it. It's like a little five minute block in your regular programming, and they get right to it. Here's the Powerball winners, and they're right yes. back to whatever you were just watching. Get in, Absolutely. get out. It's two back minutes. We don't need three hours. It's two minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Back to Jeopardy. Let's see if this dude can break Ken Jennings' record. Whatever. Like, just get in and get out. This We live in an a la carte society where we can't even watch commercials where nobody even understands what commercials are. If you have kids, they have no clue what we had to go through 30 years ago or 20 years ago or even 10 years ago watching all these ads. Now they can't handle that. Somehow the radio is the land where time forgot, and we're still sitting here with, like, raptors and archaeopteryxes everywhere because we're so antiquated that we have a four-hour radio broadcast for the Kentucky Derby. The race itself, I can understand the pageantry of it all and all that, but this is right up there with like, it really is. It's right up there with the worst stuff you can possibly find. I hate Super Bowl Sunday because pregame stuff just, unless Charles Barkley is on my TV and Kenny Smith and those guys, I don't really like your studio show all that much. One of the things I hate is when ESPN has playoff games because as much as I like listening to Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, I know I'm also going to have to suffer through Chauncey Billups, Paul Pierce, Jalen Rose, and Michelle Beadle. When TNT's got it, I'm going to get Brian Anderson, who's really good at his job, or I'm going to get Marv Albert, who's a classic. Even if those broadcasts in-game aren't quite as good, even I think Brian Anderson's vastly underrated what he does, Inside the NBA and the studio stuff they're doing at halftime, I would watch that before I watch the games nine times out of ten. But that's the aberration, not the rule. And this whole thing is like, oh, it's Derby Day. We're going to make a day out of it. We're going to start drinking mint juleps at 1230 to watch NBC. Nah, if you just want to drink, then go drink. You don't need to worry. You don't need to wait for the Kentucky Derby to down 18 mint juleps if that's your thing. Don't make excuses. If you want to get liquored up and dress like a fool and watch TV, knock yourself out. Same thing with these Oscar parties. You don't have to wait for the Oscar party to be a degenerate. You don't have to wait for some television event to drink this, like, I don't know, box of wine that you went and picked up at the grocery store earlier in the day because it's Oscar Sunday. We've got to do something special. No, it's just Sunday and you want to drink a box of wine. Knock out the mint juleps, but I would rather you sit there and flip over to USA and watch Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets 
than sit there and watch three hours of Kentucky Derby pregame. But I will say this for the Kentucky Derby pregame. Just gave me 13 minutes of content. When we come back, UCLA's coaching search, Rick Barnes. I'm in the state of Tennessee, and the the information that came out in the LA Times from Ben Bolch is fascinating. We'll do that. We'll also talk Warriors, Rockets, plus some Game of Thrones. 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox. Back in the Flash, Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, Jason Martin Show. I'm Jason Martin. You can call me J-Mart. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369 to join the program. After the latest with Brian Finley, we'll talk some Thrones. Get you set for Game of Thrones Episode 4. Give you my thoughts on Episode 3 like we do every week in that segment. But I want to talk about this LA Times article about UCLA's coaching search and how it relates to the state of Tennessee and Rick Barnes. I'm in the state of Tennessee, so I've listened to this all week long and read what people have had to say about it. It's fascinating. We let off this show talking about Rockets and Warriors. Rockets win it by five. The Warriors, I'm not sure what they were doing, just kind of pretty much just putting their hands in their pockets and saying, okay, I guess you guys are going to win this one because we're not going to foul with 20 seconds left. 
after Steph Curry blew the wide-open layup. Not his first in the game. He has not played very well this series. He has not played very well in this postseason. Almost all of his percentages are down fairly precipitously. He was only 7-23, of I believe it was, from the field. Had far more attempts than he did points in this game, and he actually missed more free throws than he made, which I said I believe is probably the first time that's ever happened in his entire life. He was one for three from the line. I watched those three free throws. It was all on a three-point shot, and he missed two of three, and I was just like, can we just stop the game for a second and like save this tape and make sure it exists because we'll never see this again. Everybody looks wrong right now. Draymond played well. Everybody other than Kevin Durant, just Durant's the one guy you can rely on in a Warriors jersey right now. He's playing outrageous. He looks like the best player in the world because I think he is the best player in the world. And I don't know what the Warriors are without him right now. I had thought forever this was Steph's team at Rose and Fall based on what he did. He was the emotional leader. Sure feels like it's KD's team to me. Also feels like because the ownership came out and backed Draymond Green and said that guy should be a Warrior for life, then Durant's not going to be. Because I don't think that Kevin Durant wants to stare at Draymond Green for the remainder of his basketball life. So that worst-kept secret about him going to New York, I still feel like that's probably going to happen. But we'll see whether or not there's another championship on the way first. Or whether or not, if they win one, the idea of winning four in a row, something Jordan didn't even do, keeps Kevin Durant in town. I don't think it will. But to the LA Times, and Ben Bolch wrote this article about this insane UCLA coaching search college basketball coaching search and obviously you know this if you're out on the west coast jamie dixon and then they were flirting with john calipari and then dixon that fell apart and he's ended up staying at tcu and they look at various other people and they get turned down by steve prom at iowa state to get turned down by matt painter at purdue and so they go for rick barnes and maybe they were looking for rick barnes before those guys but then a couple of other guys passed up i'm going to read this from bolch's article As the nation turned its attention to the Final Four in Minneapolis, UCLA was looking farther east. The search committee engaged Tennessee's Rick Barnes in a series of intense negotiations to finally fill its coaching vacancy. He had been a popular pick all along among some Bruins donors, and the veteran coach could be touted as a hot commodity after having just been given the Naismith Coach of the Year award following a season in which his team won 31 games. After a series of back-and-forth discussions... Barnes agreed to take the job for just short of $6 million per season with the Bruins footing his $5 million buyout, according to two people familiar with the talks. But Barnes subsequently had a representative contact UCLA asking for more money. UCLA pulled out of the discussions at that point, even after Barnes said he would accept the previously agreed upon terms in an attempt to salvage the deal. Here's the problem for Rick Barnes in the state of Tennessee. And a lot of people have been defending him in the state of Tennessee. I haven't been one of them. So I've actually faced a little bit of vitriol from University of Tennessee fans and even from some media types that disagree with me. And look, anybody's entitled to disagree with me and and people in the media, I will mention the things that they have said. And look, I have a lot of respect for the people in this state. But I buy this article. And one of the main reasons is To this moment right now, as you hear me behind this microphone, and this article is now almost a week old, the University of Tennessee has said nothing. Rick Barnes has said nothing. Not a word. Rick Barnes, a couple of weeks ago, before he got his restructured deal, is going to pay him $5.3 million a season to stay in Knoxville. 
he admitted, look, I thought I was going to be the UCLA head coach, but then they wouldn't pay the buyout, and I thought that that right there was a sign from God that I needed to stay put. That was the signal I needed that I should stay in Knoxville. You heard what I just said. You also heard what I read from Ben Bolch's article, that UCLA did agree to foot his $5 million buyout, according to two people familiar with the talks. And then Barnes had his representative contact UCLA asking for more money. So let me tell you how this basically went down. According to the article, they said, hey, we want you to come out here and coach UCLA, coach, and and you know, you're know you doing a great job at Tennessee. We want to offer you that chance out here. And Rick Barnes said, man, I grew up idolizing UCLA and John Wooden and watching Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton, and man, that would be just fantastic. I think I might want to do that, or I'm certainly going to pray about it and think about it. All right, coach, here's what we can offer you. Six million per season or pretty close to it. That sounds good. You know, there's a big buyout, though, here at Tennessee. Five million dollar buyout that you need to take care of that, too. No problem, coach. We got that squared away, too. No problem at all. We, we just hop on the plane. We'll see you out here. We can't wait to meet you. What size windbreaker do you wear? And then his negotiator, or his agent, or his representative then calls him back and he's like, boy, that sounds really good, guys. It sounds awesome, but I'm going to need more money. Huh, coach, we offered you six million a year. We're going to pay that buyout. We want you out here. We're paying you like crazy. You're going to be a top five paid coach in this league or in all of college basketball. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to see what you can do on the sidelines for the Bruins. Look forward to getting you on the recruiting trail, getting to know you, getting to know your family. It all sounds good, guys. I just need a little bit more money. Coach, I don't think we can pay more money. We're a state university. We don't have the coffers of a Texas A&M or, or some places like that. We, we don't have a ton of money flying around. We're, we're, we're offering you six plus a $5 million buyout, and that's $6 million per year, Rick. So, I mean, we're offering you all we can. I'm going to need a little bit more money. We can't do it, Coach. And so they cut off discussions. And then Rick Barnes, or his agent or his representative, pulls the whole, man, I was just kidding, man. Let's just get that old deal back. It's that last part that, if it's true, paints him in a terrible light as it relates to Tennessee fans here in this state. Because that's like, man, I was trying to get more money out of you, but I really want to get the hell out of here. That's what it sounds like. And Rick Barnes is known to be a gentleman, and everybody respects him and loves him. And I don't think that this changes that. But the story doesn't reflect well on Rick Barnes. And so some people came to his defense, and the reason they're coming to his defense is because of the phrase in Ben Bolch's article, quote, according to two people familiar with the talks, unquote. That means anonymous sources. And that's treachery, and it's trickery, and it's tough to deal with. It's also the only reason Ben Bolch would have gotten anybody to comment at all. It's not like you can give up your sources. That's just something that happens in journalism. Something that happens in reports. The reason he got the access, the reason he got the information is because he didn't reveal who gave it to him. So there are people that are saying, well, you're not you're gonna believe Rick Barnes, what he said, instead of a bunch of anonymous sources, right? I'm trying to see this from both sides. But I said when it happened, and this is what upset people, I said, if I didn't do something like this, like I could ask the crew out in LA. If you guys had had said something about your own integrity and then an article came out challenging that integrity, or if I said something challenging your integrity based on the things that you had already said and you knew in your heart you hadn't done it, wouldn't you go to the highest mountaintop you could find with a megaphone and scream, please believe me, I did not do this, because it paints you in a bad light? 
It paints your reputation in a bad light. You don't need to sit around very long and let national media take this story and run wild with it while you don't comment on it. And they still haven't said anything. And Rick Barnes still hasn't come out and refuted this thing. So what exactly is the national media supposed to do except run with this story? Because it sure sounds like it might be true. If it's not, I'm doing the old Dave Chappelle. It was Dave Chappelle and his old killing me softly bit where he talked about if I didn't do this, I would just go out there and say, please believe me. Please believe me. Rick Barnes hasn't come out and said, please believe me. He said his original thing. This article came out and refuted it. And it's bad, horrible optics for Rick Barnes who has to go back and try to coach in Knoxville in front of a crowd that thinks that he's Will Smith looking for Ben Vereen, his father, in the Fresh Prince, and he's wondering, why don't he want me, man? That's a problem, and Rick Barnes hasn't said anything. And so I feel like and the fact that he hasn't is very troubling to his credibility and his integrity, and I want to believe him because he is a really good dude, and he's done a lot of great things. But he's coached in a situation where right now he might be at a university that he is going to be deemed not to want to be at because of the way that this has played out. I can't believe he hasn't talked. But I buy Ben Bolch's version of this, and I feel even stronger about it now, even though, look, it's only a report until it's confirmed or it's proven out to be wrong. Right now, we don't know the answer to that. I gave Rick Barnes the benefit of the doubt with his explanation a couple of weeks ago before he got the restructured deal. Now I'm giving Ben Bolch the benefit of the doubt, even though sources close to the talks, yeah, that's tough. It's difficult, but it's also just kind of the way business is handled. You're not going to get those guys on the record and named, but Rick Barnes is already on the record with what he said before the article since the article not a word i'm sorry he'd better come out over the next few days and say something or you're gonna have tony kornheiser and mike wilbon back on pti just like they did four days ago saying this is a disaster for rick barnes this is an awful look he better come out and start the season 15 and 0 or he's going to be fired and looking for an analyst job on tv because no one's going to want to hire him This hurts his integrity, and the way he tries to live his life, I feel bad for the guy, but he's got to say something, even if it's not what people want to hear. Him not saying a word about this just makes this story sit there, and it allows anybody in the media who's even uneducated when it comes to this topic, why wouldn't you believe the article, or why wouldn't you think that there's a lot of fire potentially behind this smoke? Right now, I'm going to say, We're looking at smoke, and we can't see through it. We don't know. It's not transparent. We don't know exactly. We have no clarity here. But Rick Barnes staying quiet right now, that ain't good. That's not good at all. Let me tell you what is good. Brian Finley. Let's go out to L.A. before we talk some thrones, and let's get the latest from Brian Finley on what happened last night in the world of sports. Brian, take it away. You got it, Jason. Also wanted to mention, don't ask Penny Hardaway what he thinks about Rick Barnes. Yeah. (laughs) Those two guys are not Facebook friends. No, they're not. Fair point. Very well said. (laughs) All right. Well, controversy hijacking the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Longshot Country House takes the crown after stewards disqualified maximum security. The winner interfering the running lanes of a couple thoroughbreds during the final turn of the race. 
Meanwhile, Camilo Alvarez claims the middleweight championship, winning a unification bout after besting Daniel Jacobs by unanimous decision. In hoops, the Rockets sandblast the Warriors in Game 3, 126-121 in overtime. James Harden drummed up 41 points, including a pivotal three-pointer in OT. Kevin Durant, 46 points, and Steph Curry kept bricking layups. Golden State still leads the series two games to one. Game 4 is Monday. On the ice, the Bruins netted the game winner late in the third period as Boston overcomes Columbus 4-3 to take a three games to two series advantage and the Sharks shake off the Avalanche 2-1 to garner a 3-2 lead in their series. On the diamond in a game that felt like it would bleed into the next day's game, Ryan Braun saved us all by hitting an RBI double in the 18th inning to lift the Brewers past the Mets 4-3. Braun, six hits. Also, the Red Sox ridicule the White Sox 15-2. Boston scored nine runs on 10 hits in the third inning. And Jason, your AAA Nashville Sounds, they got rained out on Saturday. But don't worry, it's a doubleheader on Sunday against those pesky Memphis Redbirds. Oh, those Redbirds. <laughs> not the Redbirds. <laughs> no, I'm not necessarily worried about them playing two games. I know I won't be watching either one of them. <laughs> yes. Even though I, I, the sounds is a fun experience. I guess I shouldn't be burying them. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier we're also brought to you by discover i tried to wait at the top of the third hour i was going to do discover before i went to break and then i totally forgot about it that's what i get for trying to like bookend with reads so let me tell you about discover they alert you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites it's free for card members they have a lot of benefits sign up online at discover.com slash free alerts limitations do apply Making sure that I got that one in and making a note of it. And there is the note of it. Discover thanks All you. Right. <laughs> I'm so thankful that they do. That's a real positive thing. And them protecting your identity in 2019 is pretty important as well. Let's talk some Thrones. Let's talk a little Game of Thrones here. Last week was the longest night. Probably, well, it was. It was about an hour and a half. It's the longest episode of this final season. There are three left. We're halfway home. Our predictions weren't exactly right, were they? I want to talk about landing the plane with you for a few minutes. I write about pop culture for a living. I host podcasts about it. It's part of what I do. And landing the plane is an important part of any fictional property. How many great movies, TV shows that you remember fondly had bad endings? How much does a bad ending hurt you when you're watching a series? You think about, I'll just name a few. Breaking Bad had a pretty great ending, I thought, but it could have also ended two episodes beforehand in Ozymandias, which was not a happy ending. A lot of people thought it was a little too clean cut and positive at the end of Breaking Bad. Mad Men, eh, not as great. Turned into the Coke ad at the very end. Books, when you get to a book and it doesn't land the plane, that can be a problem. How I Met Your Mother ended terribly because they made the mother so likable, Kristen Milioti, but they had written themselves into a corner from the pilot, knew where they wanted to go, so they had to do what they did to do the Ted Robin thing, even after ruining it by making them incredibly unlikable as individual characters and making you root for Robin and Barney on the way there. The Office ended two seasons too late. 
should have ended in the airport after Steve Carell took his microphone off, handed it to the documentary crew. Basically, the show came full circle. And then as he was leaving to fly to Colorado to start his life with Holly, Pam, of all people, comes up and they have their conversation that we can't hear because it's not on mic. But we know enough because the first two people you see in the office are Pam and Michael Scott. And Michael Scott, in the pilot episode, treats her like trash. And he's the authoritarian boss, and they ended up softening his image because focus groups didn't like the abrasive Michael Scott of the first season. His hair changed, it wasn't slick back, and he became a buffoon instead of a loudmouth in many respects. But then he became a character you rooted for at the end, and the secretary, the lowest employee in that place, was on the same level, and they were basically best friends in that moment. It was a perfect ending. They didn't end it there. But they did have a wonderful finale. You can skip every episode after Steve Carell left until the finale, and then you come back and watch that, and they still landed the plane. So Game of Thrones and Avengers Endgame came out within 48 hours of each other last week. One of those shows landed the plane, or one of those entities landed the plane. Avengers Endgame landed the plane. The last hour of Avengers Endgame is why you love movies. And it pays off and rewards those who have been with these characters for 13 years since the original Iron Man and cared about them. And they paid off all of these storylines in individual, unique ways. It was perfect. Game of Thrones, The Longest Night, underwhelmed many people. It was the second lowest critically reviewed episode of the series in the show's history in its eight seasons it was basically a battle for 90 minutes and that's what you assumed it was going to be going in same guy that did hard home the same guy that did battle of the bastards directed it miguel sapochnik but one problem was if you watched it on tv that wasn't a good decision if you stream it it's not compressed tv companies xfinity in particular compress premium television and so you get muddied out, darker images. And so it was hard to watch for a large part of this episode. But the biggest thing was we sat there for eight seasons building up this battle between the living and the dead only to have it dispatched in an hour and 20 minutes in a kind of unsatisfying way. But let me tell you something. First prediction, I, I kind of don't want to do spoilers too much. I know that's what we've been doing. But I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But the character that played the pivotal role on Sunday's episode and what happened there to sort of end that war, I am more than sure that character is not going to survive the rest of the series because that was that character's triumph. That character has had all that that character needs at this point. So now that that character's a hero... That character's doomed. And the other thing is this. I said one entity landed the plane and the other one didn't and it disappointed people. But I think that's because people felt like this was sort of the end game. This was the battle. This was the final war. Turns out it's not. Maybe it should have been. Maybe they should have timed this thing differently and gone there. But what have I said before about TV? If you've ever listened to me on this, on Fox Sports or anywhere else. Almost every show can be boiled down to humans. It's not about the other stuff. The Walking Dead's not about the zombies. It's about the humans being the real monsters and how they treat each other. The zombies are just the catalysts to make humans behave badly. Almost every show boils down to the people. So why wouldn't 
Game of Thrones, a show that's always been about a power struggle and betrayal and all of these things, come down to human-human battling one another and still undercutting one another to see who's on the Iron Throne when they finally close shop on this thing in three weeks. And maybe we haven't seen the last of the undead. I don't know. But I will say that I always felt like this season was going to be backloaded because this show knows that the last impression is always the most important when it comes to fiction. Bad endings in a bad in a good movie still doesn't mean it's a movie I want to see again. It's just like your favorite team losing in a sporting event that's a classic. You still don't want to watch it again. They know this. Benioff and Weiss know it. It's the last two episodes that are going to be the lasting memory of this show. When you write an essay, you're always told, the most important thing is the last thing. It goes two, three, one. If you write a three-paragraph essay, you have your introduction and conclusion. You throw those out. But the body, second most important thing is the first paragraph of the body. Middle is what you forget. And then the lasting impression, the most important thing is the final thing that you write. They want the lasting impression to be iconic for Game of Thrones. So I have a very good feeling that they're still going to land this plane. People felt like this was the end, so they're underwhelmed. But you forget, there's still three episodes of Game of Thrones left. And I don't think that they're going to miss this thing. They might have Captain Sullied it. They might have almost flown it into a couple of mountainsides. But they're going to land this thing, folks. It's actually going to get a lot better, I think, starting tonight with this episode. And we will talk about it as we talk Thrones next week on the Jason Martin Show, which we will finish up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Kara Garawayan? Yes! Final segment of the Jason Martin Show live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Discover. They're good people. Real good people, as a matter of fact. They're going to alert you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. They got a lot of benefits. This one's free for card members. Just sign up online at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. I said they're good people. Two more good people, Andy Furman and Brian No, They're coming up next with Fox Sports Sunday. I always enjoy listening to them on my commute home after doing the Jason Martin show, which I am blessed beyond measure to have the opportunity to do. And I listen to Andy Furman. I don't know whether or not I love or hate his teases going into commercial breaks. And it's not because I don't like the teases. It's because I'm not good enough to come out with teases quite like that. Like last week, I'm sitting there listening to the end of the first segment, I think. And out of nowhere, Andy Furman's like, he was seven, but he was actually number one. That's next. And I'm just like, I don't think I'm intelligent enough to follow this. So I'm going to stick around for five minutes and hear what that actually means on the other side. I need to take Andy Furman's tease course in terms of radio teases and find out exactly what's happening. I'll tell you what's happening in the NBA coming up today. Two big games. And one of them, I don't know how much anybody is going to have left after Friday night's four overtime marathon. That'll be the late game. That'll be the TNT game, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Portland hosting Denver. And I continue to say that Nikola Jokic playing seven, eight minutes more per game than he averaged during the regular season. He doesn't look like a cardio warrior to me, first of all. But he's playing on shorter rest. He just played a four-overtime game where he looked spent, gassed, exhausted at the end of that ball game. 
And now he is asked to go in a very hostile environment, a great crowd in Portland always, and to deal with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and that crew again. And if Denver drops this one and goes to 3-1, and one, or goes to 1-3 and three in their case, they're not beating Portland three in a row. I felt better about Portland than Denver anyway, especially when you look at game two. Damian Lillard played about as bad as Damian Lillard can play. I think he had 14 points in that ballgame, and they still won it by seven without anything from him. I thought Nurkic not being in this series was going to hurt them a lot more because Jokic can take advantage of it. He's going to have to show up and show out today on the road in order to tie this series up and send it back to Denver, knotted up where it's back on serve. And that is a tall order coming off that four-overtime loss. First off, that's a demoralizing, tough loss. To lose after playing that much extra basketball and watching Rodney Hood make the key shots to knock you out in that game, it will be a major... It'll be super impressive if Denver's able to win that game. They're pretty evenly matched teams. It's not that great a series just because Denver's not that exciting to watch. But I will be watching this one to be sure. And then the early game is Toronto and Philadelphia. Toronto's not going to have Siakam. It doesn't look like he is doubtful with a calf injury sustained. Well, I think he was trying to trip Joel Embiid in uh, game three. Philadelphia really starting to look good. Embiid was on fire. He looked fantastic. Enough that Mark Jackson spoke in hyperbole he doesn't need to speak of again, saying if he's healthy, it's going to be a crime if he's not mentioned along the greatest big men who ever played this game. And Jeff Van Gundy kind of flipped out, as did I, because slow down. Could do play a couple more years before we do this? First off, it's not fair to him. Just let him play basketball. He's super impressive. We know this. But he's also brittle. He's like Mr. Glass. Just watch out. And then when it comes to Toronto, Kyle Lowry in his minus 28 in game three. He knows he's got to show up because Kawhi Leonard needs help. He even said, I'm not helping him enough. That's what Kyle Lowry said. Yes, we get this, Captain Obvious. We know you're not. You had seven points on ten shots. He was two of ten from the field. Abysmal. He's got to have like 30. If Siakam doesn't play, he's really going to have to have about 30. It does not look good for the Raptors right now. Kawhi is playing out of his gourd. And really, that's it. And Toronto has a bench that Philadelphia doesn't have, and it hasn't even paid off. And if Siakam can't play, Kawhi may need 40, and Lowry may need 30, and they've got to play good defense. That does not look good right now for the Raptors. But those are your matchups, and I'm sure that Brian Noe and Andy Furman are going to be speaking about both of them in detail, as well as what were the Warriors doing at the end of that game after Curry missed that layup? Just kind of sitting there and saying, okay, we're just going to wait until game four. We don't want to play a double overtime. We're not even going to try, even though we can score 10 points in five seconds. Just let that thing roll. Kind of incredible. So I'm sure they will lead off talking about that. Who knows? Maybe they'll talk about the Kentucky Derby. We got a little bit of content out of that. Fox Sports Sunday coming up next to Brian and to Andy. We'll see you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... 
in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. <laughs> 